Welcome to the Health Connection, consciously inspiring your success. The podcast that will inspire you to achieve your optimal health and empower your mind. Where the integration of both East and West unite to give you tips, methods, and inspiration to live the life you desire. With your host, trainer and speaker, doctor of oriental medicine, licensed acupuncture physician, Tai Chi and Qigong instructor, Justin Fontanini. Get ready for an amazing show starting right now. Welcome back. This is Health Connection. I'm your host, Justin Fontanini, where every day is a great day. Hope you guys are enjoying your day, week, month, or year, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Today is going to be a continuation of the B vitamins. Today's uh, vitamin B2 called uh, riboflavin. And uh, this is a crucial nutrient in our body. And a lot of times we don't even know where it comes from, what it does, or how it works. And many times we've never taken a uh, B complex vitamin or individual B vitamins. So today I hope I can give you a little information as some guidance to point you in the right direction. With that said, we're going to start off with our power quote. And our power quote today is going to be the exact same as last time. And uh, if you did hear the first uh, podcast on the vitamin B1, you may remember this, uh, this proverb from the Ayurvedic medicine. And I hope you do remember it. And if you forgot it, I hope you re-remember it this time because it's one of those things that uh, we can just Memorize a quote and use it for our life, and it's that important. So, this is our power quote of the day. When diet is wrong, medicine is of no use. When diet is correct, medicine is of no need. And I like this because its emphasis is on the diet, and we are what we eat. And all the ancient medicines that I've studied so far have placed the largest emphasis on food. So, what I mean, at least by Chinese medicine, I can talk mostly about that because... That's my uh, practice. That's what I do. The ancient Chinese people, as a physician, they had all these tools, all these things they could use, meaning they could use acupuncture if it was needed. They could use herbal medicine if it was needed. They can use the Twina system, which is kind of like a physical therapy system from the ancient Chinese, but it has its own methodology and way. They could use exercise. They could use diet. And they could use feng shui. Because you see, the ancient people, they knew that sometimes our environment was the cause of our disease. So an ancient physician, they would also be trained in the art of understanding how the environment can influence the body. So the ancient people, they called that feng shui. So they even had more, but the, the essence was they had all these things. And uh, diet was one, acupuncture was one, herbs were one. All these things, there's so many of them. I didn't want to name them all, it would take too long. But food was one of the first things to change for somebody. So when someone came to the physician and they were sick, they would a lot of times try to correct their diet and see how their diet was. And if that worked, they would keep it at that level. If it didn't work, they'd have to start to use something else. Okay, now let's try acupuncture. Okay, now let's try herbal medicine. Okay, now nothing's working. Okay, let's look into your environment to see if you're living in an environment that's very conducive to making you sick. You see, so all these things, how that level of their thinking, their process was, is quite interesting. So, I like this power quote. When diet is wrong, medicine is of no use. When diet is correct, medicine is of no need. Now, this one came from the ancient Ayurvedic medicine. So, it's a Ayurvedic proverb. Just to show you the importance of diet. So, with that said, let's talk about vitamin B2, riboflavin. It is also like B, uh, vitamin B1. It's absorbed in the upper intestine, but it's very unique because it requires both ATP and sodium 
for the absorption of it. And other things like uh, psyllium gum, alcohol, they slow down the absorption. So it looks like there's things that can help it, things that can hurt it. It's very interesting. Also, antacids may uh, slow down the absorption of riboflavin. Riboflavin may be more efficiently absorbed with food and when increased bile salts are present. So what that means, if your gallbladder is functioning properly, you're going to absorb more riboflavin, more vitamin B2. So the function of the gallbladder is quite crucial. So if you have gallbladder issues, you might be... You know, it might be the result of a poor diet. Maybe you're eating a lot of fried food, a lot of garbage, a lot of junk food, processed food, and then your gallbladder function is not so good. And because of that, you can't absorb all the vitamin B2. So you see how everything's connected. If you eat poor food, your organ functions poorly. If the organs function poorly, they can't absorb food nutrition properly like vitamin B2, riboflavin. So it's very interesting. Uh, substances that chelate vitamin 2 and reduce its bioavailability and make it less absorbable. These include copper and zinc, caffeine, theophylline, saccharin, vitamin B3, vitamin C, and tryptophan. So these can affect its absorption. It's very interesting. There's four major important roles of riboflavin. Number one is energy metabolism. It's very important for the energy. Number two is drug or xenobiotic metabolism. And the xenobiotic means like a foreign substances, so such as chemicals. So the uh, uh, chemicals from the environment, things that aren't supposed to be in the body, things man-made, things unnatural, they find their way into the body. Uh, vitamin B2 can help excrete these, get them out of the body. So it's very useful for that. Number three is uh, lipid metabolism. So fat metabolism, very crucial. Number four, antioxidant protection. And the reason it has an antioxidant protection effect is its role as a cofactor in the regeneration of glutathione. And glutathione is like a huge super antioxidant that we um, have in our body. If the riboflavin is uh, basically a little too low, it's been associated with increased lipid peroxidation. Also, riboflavin is also involved in the metabolism of folic acid, peroxidine, vitamin BK, and niacin. Uh, riboflavin insufficiency can an affect in a very wide array of physiological functions. And riboflavin deficiency probably occurs rarely alone, meaning if it's low, a lot of other things are also low. Maybe other B vitamins. So it's quite unique. Uh, clinical circumstances which uh, riboflavin may be of value include, get these, you like them, acne. You know, someone may have acne, you may... Do a little research, talk to your doctor, your physician, or your acupuncturist or nutritionist about, you know, finding foods that are higher in, in riboflavin, taking a supplement with riboflavin, maybe help your acne. Alcoholism. Alcohol is, uh, when you drink more alcohol, it affects a lot of our B vitamins and makes the body excrete them. Angular uh, stomatitis, arthritis, athlete's foot, baldness. You know, sometimes we have the premature balding and we didn't even realize that maybe riboflavin was a little bit low. So maybe a case, maybe not. This is just what's in the book that I'm sharing with you from a clinical nutrition, a functional approach. And I like this book because it has 13 authors that are medical doctors, uh, some with PhDs, some are naturopathic doctors, some are nurses, some are nutritionists. 
And all these 13 people, they compiled all their information to one book. So it has a lot of uh, a lot of clout. I really like that one. So baldness, cataracts, chelosis, depression, diabetes, diarrhea, visual disturbance, hysteria, indigestion, light sensitivity, nerve damage, reddening of the eyes, eyes that tire easily, burn or itch, scrotal skin changes, seborrheic dermatitis, stress, and failure to detoxify the xenobiotics, which are the the substances that are, are unnatural to our body. They're not foreign to our body. They shouldn't be in our body, like toxins. And these are all different things that they, uh, they talk about clinically that could be associated with the a riboflavin uh, deficiency. Maybe some in, can be really true. Some are a little flexible because there's other factors that can play a role in these things. For example, the emotions like depression. You know, life circumstances can depress you. You know, you lose your job. You don't have enough money for your bills. Your friends are going to a, a concert or camping. You can't go. You don't have enough time or money or whatever be the case. That would cause you to be depressed. So that's an external stimulation. But if there's an internal stimulation to lead to depression, it may be of various things, but B2 in the research, in the books, that's what they talk about. In Chinese medicine, we look at a different way. So there's, there's many reasons to these symptoms, such as athlete's foot. It could be some external fungus that got onto your body. But in here, they're talking about maybe you know the B2 deficiency. So like yin and yang, like Chinese medicine, everything's flexible. There's always two sides of the coin. So never ever take anything for its face value. Always study, research, question. You know, ask questions. You know, look into different ideas, researches, different philosophies so you can understand the big picture. So right here we're just talking specifically about vitamin B2, riboflavin, and uh, its associated symptoms and signs of deficiency. But when in fact we really also need a not forget the big picture of life, that there's other factors that can contribute to what they're talking about here. So I like the flexibility of the Chinese medicine. So this is what they are talking about. And uh, uh, let's see here. A patient's diet and lifestyle are also the considerations to see if the uh, riboflavin may be low because the diet and the lifestyle, how we live, how we exercise too much or too little, and how we eat, what we consume, they can all play a role into this vitamin's uh, uh, deficiency or, or to have it at a good level in our body. Food exposed to light can lose riboflavin. Vitamin B2 content may be lower in milk sold in glass bottles or may be reduced in sun-dried fruits or vegetables because light exposure to the B2 can affect it. And uh, that's why they're talking about milk and glass and also sun-dried fruits and vegetables. Also, the history of chronic alcohol use may be the reason to suspect insufficient riboflavin in some patients or people because the alcohol can interfere with a lot of the absorption and process and metabolism of the, of the vitamin B2. Patients also had chronic drug use or endocrine problems such as decreased thyroid or adrenal activity. They can be you know, suspected to have a vitamin B2 insufficiency. Not always 100%. It could play a role. So sometimes you got to understand the big picture. And as you're trying to fix something, use the vitamin B2 or add other things as well to, to contribute to make an overall powerful effect. So riboflavin may be uh, suspected also if the patient presents with uh, oral mucosal inflammations, 
glossitis, red eyes, dry skin, or depression. Uh, so these are all you know things to consider. The range of vitamin B2 functions may indicate an inadequate supply if the patient is fatigued and has increased signs of oxidative stress, including muscle weakness and decreased energy. So when you see vitamin B2, there's a lot of these things we can consider, but uh, energy fatigue is, is quite a big one. So that's quite important. The, uh, the safety of it, riboflavin intake, if it exceeds 1.3 milligrams a day, uh, if it exceeds that, you're going to basically pee it out. So the body knows what it wants and knows what it needs. And if it gets too much, it's going to excrete it through the urine. However, in cases of increased need, such as someone that's sick or ill, or through athletic training, the uh, less riboflavin is excreted and the body utilizes it. But if the illness is great or the athletic training or physical activity is quite high, of course the body's going to require more. And you might need to get more through the diet or through a supplement. And it's generally agreed that the intake of riboflavin, many times a recommended daily allowance, does not have any adverse consequences. So in general, it looks like the B2 is quite a safe supplement to take or to get in our diet. But also if it's in our diet, we have to consider some people have allergies to some foods. So you have to look at that. And that's why you got to be flexible as well. The uh, therapeutic range for riboflavin is about 50 to 200 milligrams a day. And of course, you know, we got to consider the age and the size as well. This is uh, quite important. And when we look at foods, foods are mainly what I want to promote because we all need a good diet. We all eat. We all have to eat. We all don't have money to buy extra vitamins and nutrients. So food is a very good way. It's a very safe way to uh, get our vitamins and our nutrients. And if we know what foods have what, then, then we can choose these. And then maybe we can benefit from increasing our health, our vitality, our longevity, boost our energy, whatever it may be. So these, these foods that we're going to talk about now... This is the riboflavin vitamin B2 content of certain foods in milligrams per three and a half ounces of a serving. The highest level is uh, torula yeast at 5.06. Brewer's yeast drops down a little bit at 4.28. And then from here, we're going to go to the liver. It's the organ. The organ liver from lamb, beef, pork, and calf. And it's very interesting because... The uh, lamb liver has 3.28, beef liver 3.26, pork liver 3.03, uh, calf liver at, at 2.72. So all the foods, these are going to be the highest. And I know a lot of people probably would never have eaten liver, never have considered eating it, and would probably cringe with the thought about eating an animal's liver. But the fact of the matter is, if you go to oriental food stores... If you go to any ethnic group in their, in their meat department, you're going to find that many, many cultures around the world have been consuming organ meats for, for generations and generations and thousands of years. And they, they do this because they know there's things in there that you can't get from the diet. And in general, the Chinese philosophy is if you eat the liver, it's good for your liver. If you eat the heart, it's good for the heart. And we know each organ contains a certain amount of nutrients. And now today, you know that the yeast has the largest supply of riboflavin. The second largest supply is going to be found in organ meats, such as the liver. And if we don't eat these things, we can get supplements. But if we do eat them, 
Maybe we would enjoy it. Maybe we found a good recipe. Maybe we met some person from another culture that can share their way their family's been doing it for generations. So to drop down to 2.55, we're going to be at kidneys from, from the cow. So they're also an organ meat. And then 2.49 is going to be chicken liver. And then 2.42, we're going to be at the kidneys of lamb. And then 1.36, dropping lower yet, is going to be chicken giblets. And then drop down further, 1.05 is going to be the heart of the veal. And then from there, we're going to go down to 0.92 at almonds. So you see, we went from yeast and went through all the organs, the liver and the kidneys and the heart. And they have quite a supply of the vitamin B2. And then as we go down further, 0.88, it goes to the heart from beef. And then 0.74, the heart from lamb. And I'm reading right off the list from highest to lowest. So I'm not just choosing the organ, you know, to scare you a little bit. It's kind of interesting, right? Wheat germ goes to 0.68, wild rice 0.63, mushrooms 0.46, egg yolks 0.44, millet 0.38, peppers that are red and hot 0.36, soy flour 0.35, wheat bran 0.35, mackerel 0.33, collards. Uh, like collard greens, the vegetable, leafy green, 0.31. Soybeans that are dry, 0.31. Eggs, 0.30. Split peas, 0.29. Kale, 0.26. Parsley, 0.26. Cashews, 0.25. Rice bran, 0.25. Veal, 0.25. Salmon, 0.23. So you eat a lot of salmon, you see it has such a small amount, 0.23 milligrams per serving compared to Yeast is 0.506. It's quite a big difference. Broccoli, 0.23. Pine nuts, 0.23. Sunflower seeds, 0.23. You see a lot of the, the seeds have the, the riboflavin. Beet and mustard greens, 0.22. Lentils, 0.22. Prunes, 0.22. Rye, the whole grain, 0.22. Mung beans, 0.21. Pinto and red beans, 0.21. Black-eyed peas, 0.21. And last is okra at 0.21. So you can see such a wide variety and it makes you think. And then we start to analyze our diet. Have I been just eating fast food, processed food, junk food? Have I eaten anything on this list? And do I have fatigue? Do I have low energy? Do I have any of the symptoms or things that are maybe associated or thought to be associated with the vitamin B2 deficiency? Then you start to think and contemplate and then you start to come up with a plan of attack to adjust your approach in life, to adjust the, the diet, to our thinking pattern, to adjust our lifestyle, the way we you know think about our nutrition and our, our exercise routines, to see if we're getting an adequate supply of what we need to function. A car with no gasoline won't go very far. As soon as the B vitamins start to drop in your body, you're not going to go too far either because you're going to be fatigued and tired. So you've got to analyze your diet, see what has these B-complex vitamins, and then, and then see if we can include them into our, our diet to help ourselves. So it's quite interesting. With that said, I hope you got something out of this podcast. If you liked it and enjoyed it, click subscribe. That way we can shoot you future podcasts. And if you really, really like it, leave a positive comment. You know, maybe someone feels inspired and realizes they also didn't know much about B, B vitamin 2, you know, riboflavin. That way, they want to listen. The next thing, they may get a little benefit and they can change their diet too. So we're all in the same boat together trying to help each other. And that's why I always say one love 
And until next time, we'll see you then. Have a great day.